And so it begins. The whole of his mind is apparently his personality. Wait, 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 wait. A rabbi and a boxer arrive <laughs> on a space yeah. station. Broke off. Guys, I have a stop. He's here. totally hitting on Kosh now. Totally sexual harassment. Basically, the Mount Rari are drama creeps. He's gonna come out of his butt. I can't believe this martial law wreck where I have been, dammit. Hey, <laughs> Jeff- Jeffrey Sinclair. Oh, ah, what's happening? Oh my god. The sausage must teach Rocket Cast not to blow up universe. My Whedon senses should have been tingling. And we know that IKEA survived. This torture session may be recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> Now he's a dead dragon. Jack the Ripper there. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Anne. I'm Beth. <laughs> Sorry. And we are joined once again today by Anka. <laughs> Hi guys. Hello. Glad to have you back one final yeah. time before the end. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. For yeah. So, I think we just decided like two minutes ago that this will be the last episode we record until we can all be back together. We'll just take the rest of the holidays off and, um, I don't know, maybe a extra bonus something in between, but who knows. Sure. But we will just say the last three main episodes for after the holidays well more than last three episodes of babylon 5 but i'm sure there'll be more yeah 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 so today we are here to discuss episode 19 of season 5 the wheel of fire but first nisn special report you like cheap comic books right well i'm professor allen and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. The Wheel of Fire originally aired November 4, 1998. Getting close to Thanksgiving. Um... It was directed by Janet Greek. This is the last um episode of the main series that she directed. She did direct uh one of the movies coming up. Oh, thank you for your service, Janet. Yes. Did good. You, you, you've done a really good job on uh, some of the episodes. You know, really interesting shots. I don't think she was given much to... <laughs> I don't know. This is my favorite episode. Um But it was written it's by your favorite Janet. Episode? It's not my favorite episode. Oh, okay. I don't think she was given the best stuff to work with on this one. It has quite the title for what happened in the episode. <laughs> to me, it feels like, you know, Jamesh came up with the title of the season. He wanted to call it The Wheel of Fire for a few reasons. And there wasn't any other episode he thought he could <laughs> use this title in. And he came to, was coming to the end and thought, uh, I'll use it in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm running out of episodes. <laughs> yeah. But Sounds this is pretty right. much what the story on Baron could have been, right? 
Oh, the telepath, basically. Notice the Byron story is better when he's not in the episode. (laughs) 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 So we begin this episode with Jakar arriving back on B5, greeted by Lockley, and talk about Londo, and Jakar's worried about him. It's interesting, though, that Jakar gets back to last, whereas Delenn and Sheridan must have left at the same time. He couldn't Both write with him. And, um, uh, what's he, his he name? was in, um, or maybe like public transportation and they were in some kind of sleep. <laughs> yeah, uh, they got a, yeah, they got their own we, private jet. Yeah, well, they had to make a lot of stops. Yeah. He was on the locals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they talk about Jakar's followers and then they go see them and they won't stop chanting. Why Jakar's are there Nambaria there? They were? I didn't no, even know yes. I don't think there were Mabari worshippers, were there? I don't know, like, maybe it's caught up, like, if they couldn't escape. Well, I don't know whether you've ever had the experience of, you know, you're shopping in your local town and just, you get caught up. Oh, I didn't realise there was a uh, protest or a march or some sort of celebration. And then you get into the middle of it? Well, you're stuck if you're trying to go through from one side to the other, and you get stuck. Yeah, you're you're not supposed to cross picket lines. (laughs) No, it's funny, they were like... Sometimes they just spring out of nowhere, it's just, where did this come from? That's called a flash mob. Yeah, flash mob. (laughs) So this is an odd flash mob. (laughs) Yeah. Was, Was that a poster of Jakar on the wall? Yeah, it was. Oh, that was weird. What? I mean, they have... <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that at some point. They've was this like the so worst <laughs> chant you've ever seen? <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like they just didn't have that much enthusiasm behind it. And I know they just had like a yeah. small number of extras they could use, probably, but still, they could have done better. Find, yeah, I also didn't find that many. Uh, like, do, do you remember the of- really awful CGI in season two when they tried to extend the, um, docking bay? And it just looked awful. Mm. I don't remember. Nah, uh, it was early on in season two, but they just tried to do a CGI shot that kind of tripled the size of the landing bay and it didn't look convincing at all. Oh. Uh, I got another slice of pizza down while y'all were talking. Um, (laughs) Garibaldi's still drunk. Oh my goodness. When he gets to the this meeting, yeah, when he gets to the meeting, everybody's like, "Uh oh, this is this is uncomfortable." <laughs> like, like the looks on everyone's faces, how uncomfortable they were. But again, with the popping up in somebody's house when they don't want you to be, or room when they don't want you to be, it's so odd. Like, you, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> you mean when Steven shows up on the screen? Yeah, clearly yeah. Garibaldi is not like, yeah, pop up on my screen, you know? Yeah, uh, no maybe privacy. the privacy. Yeah. Maybe it's only to a certain friends they are allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's inner circle. Or just like, you know, the top people on the station can just go wherever they want, I guess. Uh, or now um, Garibaldi is going to be in charge of Edgar's industries. Perhaps he can actually research a um, lock for that sort of thing and locks for doors. <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, Double Stick Velcro and Fabric. <laughs> 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 so I, um yeah, so Sheridan dismisses everybody and tells Garibaldi to wait there while he and Delenn go out in the hall and talk. 
And part of me was wondering, like, why don't they send him out in the hall to wait? But maybe they were afraid that he would go away if they sent him outside. I was just wondering <laughs> what he was talking about with the land, like, <laughs> yeah, what she had to say in this. Oh right. Oh uh, yeah. no, I, I can I can just imagine the land saying, "Now calm down, otherwise I'm going to lecture you about the first ones." <laughs> can you imagine? She hasn't Kosh? really lectured much. What? Okay, you imagine Kosh handling uh, alcohol, handling Garibaldi in this situation <laughs> if he was here. I don't like, even know what happened. He would just walk out and yeah. just walk out. That's all. Uh, no, he would just, just, just kind of say no or yes, something like that, to everything and just completely confuse him. But Sheridan's like go-to reaction is always to yell really loud. <laughs> it's not the best, you know, managerial style. But it works. Okay. It works. <laughs> in the beginning, in the beginning, oh. when he got mad at Garibaldi, mm-hmm. he like yelled really loud. You know, but he's not mad at Garibaldi. It's a military thing. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's, no, he's he wasn't disappointed. that mad at Garibaldi, but then he oh, yeah, fled. Disappointed. Yeah. This is yeah. just this is a little bit cliche where he says, "I'm not mad. I'm disappointed." And Garibaldi's like, "Oh, I'd rather you be mad than disappointed." Like, uh. Yeah, uh, but this is twenty years ago, and it's kind of. Although it was starting to become a cliche then, it wasn't the ingrained cliche it now is, if you get what I mean. But maybe he's also disappointed in himself. Like, I mean, well, he says, I'm yeah, disappointed he that, that he couldn't come to me, and it's kind of like, uh, I should have noticed. Like, I mean, he noticed, apparently, right? So, um, why didn't he do something in the beginning? Why did anybody else but him do something? If he's such a good it's, friend, right? Oh, it's a hard one, because, yeah. well... I think we all know, you know, some people, it's very hard to help them unless they want to help or there's like a rock bottom. So maybe he, maybe Sheridan noticed that it was a little bit because of him or so maybe he was uncomfortable. Maybe they purposely moved the meeting up and it really wasn't for to make him seem like to bring up conspiracy and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> at first, I thought they were staging an intervention the way he walked in and everybody's kind of mm-hmm. looking at them. <laughs> With the sign in the background, <laughs> um, we even prepared a sign. <laughs> At the same time, I really don't. I don't think this is rock bottom because he hit rock bottom weeks ago when he got all those people killed. I also wonder if that was going to come up. So, like, okay, so I let you keep working, even though I suspected something. So, remember when those people died? <laughs> like, that's kind of your fault for alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. That war that we could have prevented with the Centauri, yeah. You're the worst Garibaldi. <laughs> yeah, somehow you weren't, didn't have any alcohol problems whilst the war was on. Yeah, <laughs> it just disappeared for those few episodes. Um, I mean, he obviously gets has those problems because of what happened yeah. during the war. What happened to him, I mean, of course. And now the obvious choice that Sheridan could have had is basically, you know, not leave him alone. But anyway, but it's unfortunate that this happened, and you know, they could have prevented it earlier, I guess. But I guess also, Mary Gar- Garibaldi also wouldn't have wanted it anyway. Like, the help. No, it seemed like he didn't. So, but maybe it was... Uh, yeah, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was actually going to get just to say something about uh, a scene in the in um, then later on, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Garibaldi suspended, and Franklin goes to see Jakar, and he gets a doll on his way there, a Jakar doll. I want a Jakar doll. I want one too. <laughs> Action figures for free. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like money to make those. Yeah, then you can get yourself a little Londo one and put them together. 
So the Nard government's been trying to get Jakar to come back, but he doesn't want to. And I missed the rest of the conversation. <laughs> there was stuff going on, but I think half the government. Uh, essentially, they ha- had this philosophical conversation about uh, gold and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, Did I miss the conversation? No, I'm trying to think what it was. He probably zoned it out. Like I, <laughs> I probably did. Basically, um, Jakar thinking, uh, what, why do I get problems like this? Uh, and Franklin basically saying, uh, perhaps, um, gold creates, um, a puzzle he can't solve and that puzzle is us. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. I just remembered that. I was also wondering why Franklin would go to him, but then that kind of got, you know, explained. And then well, something... And uh, Franklin and Jakar have kind of had this friendship going throughout the series, you know. They've they? come to one another um, with issues before. Okay. Uh, yeah, wasn't it rather Garibaldi and Jakar? <laughs> no, they long, have, long but Garibaldi is exactly in the position to um, do this right now. <laughs> Yeah. Problem. Another thing about Garibaldi is that they didn't know that he was drunk or whatever when he let those people die, right? No. Well, apparently. So they, so they had to get to a place where where he can't hide anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they hit the stage and reschedule the meeting. Yeah. Exactly. So that they can catch him in the (laughs) (laughs) UBS. I like it. So Lockley is getting a report from Zach. And this Psychor person calls. Um, um, oh no, not Psychor, Earth Force. Oh, are she the Earth Force? Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Earth Force. Was it Psychor? Apparently, there have been these attacks on Psychor property, and remember, Byron is painted on the wall every time, and they've. Uh, tra- remind us. He said Psychor property. It sounds to me like no one has actually been killed in these bombings. It's just property. Okay. At least that's my head canon. Yeah. So they follow the money, and they think Lita is involved, so they want Lita arrested. Which got me really excited. <laughs> yeah, now we're getting actually uh, some 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 stuff happening that's interesting. And I, um, I like that Lita is involved differently now, and not just what she was involved in the whole Byron story before. Yes, and I like her as like a sort of, neb- like a good and bad figure, yeah. you know. Yeah, I like her as a bad guy. Well, I don't really see her quite as a bad guy, <laughs> because she's technically doing what Sheridan did a couple of years ago. What? <laughs> she's she's rebelling in, against an oppressive government. Oh, right, yeah, but... Okay, oppressive uh, in the government, but still. Essentially, poor human telepaths to cycle in the government. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, she's not the same. She doesn't do it the same way, right? Uh, but she's also well, in the same position that he was, of course. He could just say, yeah, oh, yeah. we're cutting, um, we're cutting ties with Earth now. And, uh, mm. and I mean, that was the first rebellion he really did, right? Yeah, but Lee, Lee just said she's cut ties with Cycle. So, yeah, there are similarities there. But Sheridan, and I'm not saying this to make judgment on Lita, but Sheridan wasn't going around bombing mm-hmm. Earth. Stuff, you know, Earth, no, outposts no, wasn't. or Earth, you know, whatever. Um, so there is a slight difference. There is, there is, and it's, and it's being generous of me to have a head cannon to say no one died in the explosions, but it, it's just, it, it kind of felt that way considering that Leech is trying to free her people and 
would in my head wouldn't want to hurt other telepaths, but would want to hurt the organization. Mm-hmm. But that's being generous. Yep. It's a it's a hard it's a conundrum. Uh, it's a definite conundrum that happens to a lot of civilizations. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Lockley goes to see Garibaldi, and basically, um, I really hated this scene because we it's like one of those situations where we know. We know Lockley's past, but he doesn't. So they're just kind of, it, I think it took too long to get to that point where she tells him, she's like, there's no way you they can were. know about me. There's no way you can understand. Like, oh, uh, we. <laughs> to be honest, I kind of forgot about the friend that came. All so right. I well, couldn't remember if I was supposed to know all this or not. Remember also, you've got, um, her talking about her father as well. And that's kind of, I think JMS talking about his own father. Oh, really? Because I know JMS has dealt with um, either personally or somewhere in his life with alcoholism, and it feels like it might have been his father from this, but I don't know for sure. If it isn't his father, he's writing it as if it was Lockley's father, but from personal experience of someone else, if, if that makes any sense. Um, sure. He knew someone, and this was his experience with that person. But for Lockley, he made it her father. You know, I actually like the scene quite a bit. I mean, to be honest, maybe because we see, I've watched the show so many times. I knew, of course, Lockley's story already, but I'm not sure, um, Elizabeth. You probably you said it yourself. You didn't really remember what was happening with um, what's her name, uh, her friend, Zo- yeah, uh, Zoe, Zoe. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, I mean, in this scene in, in the, the Day of the Dead wasn't really clear completely. I mean, you were kind of, okay, there was some backstory, there was some, you know, pa- bad past, but now she's actually cleaning up with that and she's actually explaining a little bit and that makes a, and I liked also how he reacted, how mad he got when he throws um, his glass against the wall. It's just like, well, really well played. The only uh, thing I didn't like that she puts her boots on the sh- on the sofa. I was like, "Excuse me, <laughs> if you would do this in my house, yeah, I would just yeah. like kick you out." <laughs> um, <laughs> but then she runs after him, and actually, I liked how she basically then like they clean clean stuff up between the two of them. And then she says, yeah, "Well, we okay. recognize too much of each other in each uh, too much of ourselves in each other." I like that. It's like, yeah, it, it makes sense, and it made her. I found this was a, actually a moment where I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, and when she got a little I, bit more personality, and she didn't. Uh, yeah. So it's just the stuff in the quarters I wasn't too keen on, but the stuff in the lift felt yes. far more genuine. Yeah, you're right. She, in the quarters, it's basically she walks in on him, and he's like, excuse me, what are you doing here? Kind of. And, and, and then she doesn't let go, and then it gets personal, and then it gets interesting. And, and actually, then you also see it in his face, how he then oh, realizes Oh, okay, that this wasn't just a stupid. You know, I also want to look how you're doing and just you know find it funny to just visit you where you are on your in your lowest or so, but rather actually help. It's kind of funny how many big scenes we've had in lifts, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't hate it the scene, but I can see where on rewatch I would be like very bored. Um, yeah. But I because I prefer the plot to be moving a bit. In this show, um, but I, I I kind of liked it, and I'm glad that you know we didn't have to do a long drawn out thing of Garibaldi just being mad at everybody and you know on more of that stuff. So I'm glad it worked too. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, because the series is drawing to a close, they're, you know, wrapping a, up a lot of storylines, and this is one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's yeah. just interesting, though. Like, that's kind of <coughs> one of the things I was wondering about, because, you know, whether they knew that it was going to be the last season, because it's just kind of like we didn't really do much with it other than it just being something that, I mean, unless it, it comes back. Towards the end, and it very well could because there's we're not done with Garibaldi and his vendetta, you know, against Buster. Um, so you know, maybe that's where the plot was going to drive him to talk to Lita, and you know, it's all tied up in the whole block he has. And I'm just trying to figure out what the purpose of having this in the last season was. Um, Filler, the oh. drinking. <laughs> no, well, right, the, the whole drinking the- plot. Yeah. The way I see it, this plot and some of the others is just life continues. It even after you reach that big conclusion, life continues. It, it, it's always changing and shifting, even after something big and momentous happens, like at the end of the last season. That's what season five is for me. Hmm. I can see that. I just I have to watch it. So <laughs> you right. always have to watch it. So it, I mean, to me, there should be a purpose. Everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Twenty-two episodes to fill. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, twenty-one. Yeah, twenty-one. Because the twenty-second was filmed before this episode. I think we've said that before. You mean the first yeah. episode? No, the last. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I thought I'd said that before. <laughs> you might have. Yeah. Um. So Lockley and Zach are watching Lita. They're about to arrest her. I think she's probably not worried about them. So they go talk to her. Just want to ask her some questions. And she wonders if she's under arrest. She starts showing off her powers. She's tired of being pushed around. And she says she oh, doesn't. Yeah. yeah. What was she doing with the. So were all those people sides? No. Popping no. no. their fingers? No. The point oh, she is was she just making them power. do that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I was I was not clear on that one. Okay. And here's a, a funny thing. I, I've watched this episode so many times that I actually nearly clap as well at the same time. It's like, <laughs> oh gosh, she's in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know. It's, it really nicely underlines the scene. <laughs> yeah, I really do like this scene because mm-hmm. of you know everything that's led up to this point. Everything that Lita's gone through, you sympathise with her completely, but you also sympathise with Zach's position and everything he's gone through as well with Lita, and it's and that makes their conversation awkward because you sympathise with both of them. Mm-hmm. Lita, that's not how to do it. Lita, that's not how you handle <laughs> the situation. Mm-mm. I sympathise with you, but still, yeah, she just she chooses not to be arrested. And Sherry just <laughs> pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> so, well, you're not... supposed to come, right? Yeah, he was supposed to be there, but they didn't know. They yeah, they didn't want to wait on him. He decided to make a surprise entrance. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Does this mean that um, Sheridan is now immune to all telepathy? That's what it yeah, seems like. Was... When did that? That happen? was a little strange. Not clear. I didn't I'm like not... that. Yeah, I didn't but... like that part of it. I was like, why? Why would he be... Just because he was touched by Wallens? Like, really? But maybe because he walked in after she had everybody under control. And Mm. then he walks in. I mean, how could she... She's that powerful. She should have known he was there. Yeah, does she have no peripheral vision? 
<laughs> behind you. <laughs> but all of the uh, people she was controlling was behind her, so she's mm. she's been aware of them. Does it make sense? Mm. Um, Maybe she's been the room in the beginning. She's like, okay, ten people here. Get them under control. And then everybody else who's walking in afterwards. Okay. So somehow having a cautious side made him immune to telepathy. Yeah, that, I don't um, know what was happening. Okay. Unless it's the energies running through his system from Lorien. Mm. Just remember, he's got that as well. He's got all those magical thing going through his system. I almost said midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I don't know, has any other fan ever questioned that before and come Probably. up with a theory? I don't think so. Oh, maybe, yeah, but... I don't know. I'm uh, sure. <laughs> come on, that's what fans do. The first, <laughs> the first people to question it. <laughs> <laughs> what are I like the idea of, like, not <laughs> accepting your arrest, though. That's pretty... I like that. Um, that's okay. No, no, maybe clues. If you're going to go on a quick hands, I always thought they were kind of parasites. <laughs> the way they're described, they're parasites that kind of are feeding off force power. But the the ending of that scene is a little bit over the top. Like you know, when when the when the Lovely. captain of the station says what she says, which is like, really, you're the captain of this freaking station, and you say something like that. It's like, <laughs> that was a little. Yeah. Like, luckily you didn't say it in front of a lot of people that could have hurt you. Wait, what did she say? What, didn't she say, like, you should have pulled the trigger to yeah. him? Oh, like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but, uh, you should have pulled the trigger. It's kind of like, there will probably be no other time for that or so. It's like, really? <laughs> you just, wow, that's the captain of Babylon 5 just yeah. said to the president of the Interstellar Line, okay. That's our, <laughs> Is there any media around? <laughs> Well, it definitely shows, you know, the whole idea of, that humans have with telepaths, strong yeah. telepaths. It's like, it's a scary proposition, you know, this has, if somebody has that kind of power. And, and you know, if you really feel helpless against it, you know, so. But it's actually also a scarier idea if um, the cycle got their hands on her and kind of figured out how, how to make everyone, you know, not oh, every sure. other telepath is powerful, but, you know, all their trusted telepaths are just as powerful. They would love to. Imagine Bester with that power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's also scary to see that, you know, they could have pulled something off like that and would have gotten through with that. Like, you can just kill people because <laughs> they're, um, well, you know, hard to manage or because they could, they could be a weapon that goes into a yeah, I don't know. That was just, I mean, you know, she should, she could have said something like that over coffee uh, in their private <laughs> quarters, and then nobody would have heard it ever. But it was like sad and in, in public. I was just like, oh, guys. Yeah, we're talking about power on the station. Exactly. It's like yeah. uh, official power versus physical power, mental power, citizens versus the popo. <laughs> you know, all those <laughs> things come into play. Mm-hmm. Just trying to imagine myself refusing to be arrested. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not gonna work. <laughs> we all, yeah, it's not gonna turn out too well. Um, you just have to have other ten people that know about your story, and then you have them clap in a in a in a way against the wall, right? And just freak the people out that want <laughs> I would to like you. somebody to try that. <laughs> that's the flash mob as well. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, uh, leader, I don't flash mob. 
I'll do that if you'll come bail me out of jail. (laughs) 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 If mind control was the thing that I could pull off, I would be one of those. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm just remembering now. Did anyone um, hear my little uh, thing I sent into Intratrex? Oh, yes, with the ISN. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, according to my ISN report, Tear pass on Babylon 5 all down to, um, what's the name on, uh, the X-Files and, <laughs> name now. Scully? No, uh. Um, oh, Reyes, yeah. Reyes, it's all down to Reyes. She saved the planet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lockley goes find, uh, Garibaldi finds Lockley and apologizes for yelling earlier and Lee shows up, I guess he called Lee to the station. Lockley says something about the love of a good woman that doesn't sound like something that she, <laughs> she would say. That was odd, know. yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it doesn't sound like something a woman would say. I'm just, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean. Well, what, what did a woman say? I don't know, but. I don't know. I've never said that, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know if she would, but I, I thought that she had called her. That's I, what I, I did. got really yeah. confused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But then, uh, so she was like, I don't know, I'm not even gonna. She was like, you need to love a good woman, come over here. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was not really like her. Um, so Franklin and Sheridan are watching Lita on video. They like watching people on video in that cell, in the jail cell. <laughs> oh, but then again, just one thing before we say that. But then again, it wasn't again the other people. It was somebody else. It was not me. Not Sheridan calling these. Why did he not do this? But anyways, go go ahead. <laughs> he wants to watch people on, on, on screen. Yeah. <laughs> so they're doing what they can to make it hard for her to influence people. They wonder what could have pushed her over the edge. And he says, you know, if somebody else starts acting weird, I'm going to shoot myself in the head. So Delenn comes in and starts acting weird. <laughs> oh, that really annoyed me. Not her, like just the whole thing. Like, yeah. oh, the whole woman is acting crazy because of her hormones. Stop, people, stop. <laughs> but made for a funny scene uh, with uh, Sarah I, and I, Franklin. I, I know you, you read it that way. I never, I never read it that she's getting angry because of hormones. I, I just read it as she was just genuinely angry at, yeah. um, at them, and then they played it like she half, was crazy and then she yeah. Yeah, but she was mad I'm, at the Norns, but then she worked herself up too much, and she in the fainted. traditional definition of hysterical. Yeah. But that only happened in the Victorian era because of corsets. <laughs> I <laughs> because they were literally restricted for breathing. Yeah, but I I think the whole idea of it persisted through periods that didn't have corsets. Mm. Yeah. Come on, there's. Until research was actually done into corsets. Oh, that's why they fainted. Right. <laughs> Guess the fainting part about this always like makes for a little bit of drama. Um and then kinda gives it away, like, you know, what should The bit should I taste? don't like though <laughs> is that um later on, um Franklin's giving the decision to Sheridan whether to keep the baby or not. <laughs> and Delaine wakes up. Technically Franklin should have waited until Delane woke up herself and told Delane. Was he giving him the option? Uh, he kind of talked with him, I mean, but still. Yeah. 
Well, he, it seemed like he thought he was that he already knew she was pregnant. Oh, he already had like the way he was talking. <laughs> you know, made it seem like he thought he, that he would have already known. So that's yes, only why he, he was talking. It's still he like yeah, the end. It seemed to me that Franklin was into, oh, um, what do you want to do about the baby? Do you want to keep keep it or not? Well, that would be awful. <laughs> I, I I didn't get that, but yeah, that would be horrible if it was. But uh, yeah, it was like if it's going to endanger her life, you know, what do you want to? They were talking about what would happen. I think if it would, if her life was in danger. Yeah, like if she kept, she, if like if she stayed in a coma or something. Yeah, and then she woke yeah. up and it looked like she didn't know uh, what no. was going on. Yeah, so that makes Franklin a bad doctor, though, not realizing, <laughs> oh, she's going to actually wake, wake up soon. Yeah, she looked fine. <laughs> Hang on, let me pull out my yeah. list of things that makes Franklin a bad doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's I guess he was just, I guess he was just talking, like talking to a friend, uh, obviously, and wanting to inform him about everything that can be or not can, cannot be. And I guess he would do the same thing afterwards to her too, like he would tell her too, just be very blunt with you. But I find it so interesting when he says, well, you know, like when he asks how, uh, if she can keep the baby and he's like, well, she's strong, blah, blah, blah. And then, but the odds, and the odds are good, but you know how, <laughs> how bad I am with, with gambling. <laughs> Hey, yeah, Delaine, can I touch your hair, Delaine? As a doctor, you, sh- you should know how to assess risk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not, but I'm not good with gambling. I tell you openly like this. <laughs> like, thank you. I'm looking. He doesn't touch any of the main crew, does he? Any of the like the you know, top officers? It's only. Oh, but the guy B B five um. Uh, it'll just be so much better when they've got someone else in charge of medical staff. <laughs> I bet Lockley's like, man, why won't he leave? I wish he'd hurry up and get out of here. <laughs> um, when, um, when Sheridan was in his, was seeing his future, they say how old the son was? No, they didn't say how old he was. They just, oh, okay. say he was safe. I copied and pasted something later. I didn't read the whole thing, but JMS is basically responding to someone saying, like, why doesn't Sheridan remember? This is so yeah. I'll tell you what he but says in a minute about the scene in the uh, like in the hospital. It's this really really nice outtake, and that made the scene so much better. <laughs> There's a, I I, I kind of have to show you the outtake at some point. So okay. <laughs> I guess you guys know the outtake, but <laughs> kind of sad, and you did it <laughs> or something like that. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't usually watch the outtake, but oh, you don't. Right? I'm sure I've seen it, but, you know, I don't remember it. But, well, you usually post the um, outtakes of the gag reel at the end of se- the season anyway. Yeah, I don't think I did it for yeah. season four. I forgot. <laughs> I need to go well, back and do best that. Well, that now, then. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably forget, but <laughs> somebody remind me to post outtakes. Nah, we can do that. Anyways, uh, like, this was the, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Garibaldi and Lise are talking about what's been happening. She needs, she says, say, oh, this job, I need you to help me run Edgar's Industries. We got to get married. She doesn't want to lose him again. Is this where Garibaldi's talking about how everybody's leaving? And it, no, like to... on, okay. he says that, but made the deep deal with Lisa. Okay. Yeah. And this, well, she says something about running one of the biggest corporations on Mars, and that gave him an idea. Right, when he wants to get two teeth with one stone. 
or something. Jeez, Sorry, <laughs> uh, so this is this where Sheridan and Franklin talk about Delenn being prayers. Mm. Sheridan um, wants them both to be a little surprising. No viewers. <laughs> what? Surprising. Yeah, surprising no viewers. Because everyone knew it was coming at some point. <laughs> oh, say, that, yeah. But did you know Elizabeth? <laughs> well, you, also, you and Beth have been speculating it's going to happen at some point. Well, we saw the future, did we not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I saw the penultimate episode, so that doesn't, that doesn't help. <laughs> if somebody feigns, then it's always that, right? Oh, like, no, I think we all, I mean, you would kind of think, that by the end of the series, she would have gotten pregnant just because it's TV. You know what I mean? That's kind right, of like yeah. a happy ending. I mean, and we know that she will, so it makes sense. Yeah, even though he knew, <laughs> uh, they still, uh, he still doesn't like believe in that. Uh, interesting. Well, that's uh, why I was asking if they mentioned how old the son was, because if they knew how, if he knew how old he was, then he could go backwards in time, but if he did it, then he could, he, he wouldn't really know what would happen if the first time she gets pregnant, if it was the son, or if they had to be, you know, whatever. Yeah. But Or he may but, not really believe that he saw that, or I don't know. But now he does remember it, and Delenn is pregnant, and if it does end up being a boy, he already knows what he's going to name it. Yeah, you're kind of stuck with that name now. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name again? <laughs> David. David. Oh, David. <laughs> but what's Sinclair do if he... With the father of Delenn's baby. <laughs> what would Sinclair do? <laughs> Just ask Carl that. Hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, they got, like, they had themselves tested, and apparently Dr. Franklin thought it's not gonna happen, right? So. They said 100 to 1. He could have said to Franklin, no, Franklin, I saw it in the future, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an all, but at the same time, it's frankly could have said, well, she's a member of a human hybrid. I've got no idea. No medical test will be, you know, be able to tell us. And I'm bad at gambling. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, Sheridan could have totally done that. So, so it was, was Franklin. He would have said, um, <laughs> Bad, we go, gotta get pregnant. Um, but at the same time, Sheridan is being really rubbish about his knowledge of the future because he has yeah. completely forgot the fact that Malari's got a um keeper on his shoulder. Right, and he also I mean he still went to Zadum, right? Yeah. It's just maybe he thinks because he's gone to Zaha Doom the future doesn't happen anymore like that. It's just he's just been very obtuse about it. <laughs> and don't forget uh Londo telling him you did this to us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're war. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, again, uh, about, uh, yeah, again that, that was uh, under the influence of the Keeper. Him saying you But did he showed him the burning... Yeah, he showed you know, him that, yeah. but I think Londo, out of the influence of the Keeper, would have said you and I did, because Londo... Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, but I mean, you would think it would give him pause any time he was going to go, you know... Just Centauri Prime. Oh yeah, the, with an armada. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then, especially after he saw Centauri Prime burning, it's oh, Centauri Prime's burning. I saw this in the future. Uh, Londo, we need to talk. Right. Do you have anything on your neck? <laughs> <laughs> right, can I take a look at your neck for a second? <laughs> or like, Londo, can we? Uh, let, let's have a few drinks. Let, let's get drunk together. 
there, there's right. the uh, thing on your shoulder. Uh, let, let's try and remove it <laughs> before it causes too much problems. <clears throat> uh, Garibaldi goes to see Lita in her cell. He knows about, well, first she gets rid of the camera and then he tells her he knows about her terrorism and mm-hmm. he wants to deal. She can't help him with his addiction, but he wants the block gone. Why? That just seems like a really easy, you know, thing for a writer to say. Yeah, like, I, I I can put it in the fact that addiction is a chemical problem, not a neurological problem. Right, but couldn't she just give him something in his mind that makes him physically ill every time he sees alcohol? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah she could. Exactly, she could. I mean, um, I hypnotherapists mean, yeah, uh, have solutions. Don't always th- work, but they have solutions. Exactly, that's exactly what I thought as well. Like, so many, like, the, you can pay 80 bucks to a hypnotherapist for, I don't know if the 80 bucks or so, but you can pay some money to a hypnotherapist today and get rid of your smoking. For most people, that actually works. I have, I know somebody, and it's basically, they do something similar. They basically make you think of something very awful, um, every time you want to smoke. And then it basically tastes bad and such things. So, I mean, you have to kind of, I don't know, you have to believe in it or you have to be open for that or so, but they do it. Right. Mm. I'm sure you have to be open for it, but yeah. You heard it here first, $80. That's... <laughs> I don't know what it is, but... <laughs> you said it. <laughs> she said there are no easy solutions. Maybe she just meant that there's nothing that's foolproof that'll work for everybody. But at or the like, same then time... I wouldn't have control over you, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the same time, it almost feels like the hand of the writer trying to put something in an episode so that, you know, if you've got a problem, there are no easy solutions. There's not going to be a magical telepath around the next corner to cure you. Yeah. But I mean, he seems okay. Like, uh, he seems like he's, um, he's on the, on a good way back. And, yeah. And yeah. so they could just, they could have done that to him. Like, they could have said, okay, I'll get rid of that for you. You do this first to me, and then I get rid at least of this for you. And then it could have done been done with the storyline if the, you know if they want. Mm-hmm. If Lee's there, he's going to mask, and I'm like, that's kind of idea, right? So be done with the storyline. But maybe they want to bring more. Who knows? Seems like in the next episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, somebody's going to speak on her. Someone from Edgar, well, Edgar's industry is going to speak on her behalf, but she wouldn't be able to come back to B five. She has a counter offer. Uh, uh, before we get to the, hear that, we see Garibaldi talking to Lockley about this the car. Yeah, I thought it was, but I'm not sure. What do you mean? They just, As in, you know, they knew Jacar was, um, well, like Lockley knew Jacar was coming to see her. Garibaldi, you know, also had uh, information for her. Uh, they had the conversation before Jakar got there, and then basically they decided to stage it so Jakar would offer to take Lita with him. Oh. If you get what I mean? Yeah, uh, they've done things like that in the past. So, yeah, Jakar's going to take Lita with... He doesn't want to go back home. He's going to travel until he finds a way to destroy this fandom thing. He may never return. Aw. Mm. Yeah, and this is where um fandom's uh term for uh everyone in um the Babylon podcast who've died comes from. They say they've gone beyond the rim. Um because Jakar goes off exploring and we know Andreas Casulus is dead. So the, the idea is, you know, 
the actor and the character have gone beyond the rim. And I didn't like the idea so much with Jakar and Lita traveling. Um, I found it was a little bit of an easy solution. But something that, I mean, of course she needed to leave. And I think in the scene with Garibaldi and Lita that also comes up that if she would go to Earth, he kind of says something like she would then, he would not want her to be um, basically drugged and brought to Seacore and then basically examined. Uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, basically well, put it away. So yeah. they needed to get rid of her somehow, but I found Lisa the idea. She, she's going to return in two years, though. Right, yeah. But it was a little easy, like, oh, yeah, just send her with Jakarta. Because yeah. he's traveling anyways, and it's a little what weird. else do we send her? She'll be looking for a home for a telepath, I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, that's another thing she wants. That's true. Um. So, yeah, here the deal was that, uh, this is where he talks about everybody leaving with Lisa, and then we find out the deal he made. Um, Lita says she doesn't know how to be sneaky with her terrorism, but she thinks Garibaldi knows how to do that. Well, he does, I guess. Um, so Apparently he's really good at that now. I don't know, somehow. Yeah, he's been hunting down criminals for years, so. And um, he's, and he's had smuggler friends in the past, so he must know how to do things like that, you know? Are we talking about, like, around. exactly how, how has she wanted him to help? I thought it was like more of a money laundering type thing. Well, that, and she was saying, you know how to actually actively do acts of sabotage that aren't, don't look like obvious acts of terrorism. If, if you get what I mean, kind of more, you know, as I said, more like sabotage rather than terrorism. Oh, how flattering. <laughs> they, there is a subtle difference, I think. Sabotage, you could actually say you're actually messing with the infrastructure rather than bombing a site. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's a really minor, minor spoiler. But... <laughs> It you know what, the thing is, I actually accidentally watched the other, uh, another episode or so first, and yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, so Wait, what is happening? I didn't even hear. Good, don't even, don't, don't worry about it. Something about Jakar and Lita not talking? I don't know. Uh, Will, you just got a bit of extra editing to do, that's all. <laughs> no, I think uh, that was when Jakar talked to, um, uh, to Lockley, and so, yeah, where he says basically, he's basically, Wants to help leader because yeah. he looks anger and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that was the end of the episode, wasn't it? Um, not oh, quite. well, we're not. We've not actually touched on the fact that um, Lita confirms in this that she's, you know, a mega telepath, the equivalent of a nuclear bomb telepath. Oh yeah. yes, with white yeah. eyes. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, That's so she's going to remove the block in two years if he sets up this, whatever she wanted him to set up, and yeah. he wanted to go all in, so, like, I need to know what the four lines did to you, so she said that she's a oh. doomsday weapon. Yeah, essentially. Yep, but just, this was just so TV. I can't even, t- I can't even. <laughs> the slow <Yeah>. turn. <laughs> Red eyes and then the white eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, like, like a one last scene, uh, Sheridan did later oh, in bed. I was going to actually um, talk a little bit more about um, Lita. 
because yep. I'm not sure whether I've actually said this in the past, so, but I've started to read uh, the cycle, um, what's the prequel novel? Uh, well, the first one of the trilogy again. Uh, I've not gotten to the point in it yet, but there's a beat in it where Lita's ancestor meets Kosh, and it's kind of decided then that an Alexander in the future will be important to the Vorlons. Mm. So even before Lita meets uh, Kosh and the pilot, it's kind of decided, okay, this Alexander's descendant, they're going to be the Arduce weapon. Kind of, when you learn this bit in Babylon 5, that's how that part of the book reads. And the cycle novels are meant to be uh, canon. So I, I always now kind of have that part in my mind of, yeah, you weren't going to escape being the Doomsday Weapon, Lita, you really were used. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know how I feel I just about wonder, that. I just wonder they had, uh, for what she would have, what she would have been for. Like, what did the Wallens create her for? I mean, eventually she apparently was never used. Yeah, I guess no, it was just know. in case they were being beaten or. Yeah, yeah, that was well, yeah, the whole set. Yeah. You know, the, l- let's say, um, you know. But if, you can't think about it too much because it's like, why did it have to be in any- Yeah. If I not build uh, a mega bomb. Well, she, she, you know, she traveled to Wallen, right? So she was yeah. readily available. She was <laughs> available and also, you know, Kosh happened to meet a human a couple of centuries ago that Lita was related to. It's kind of, yeah, let's use these humans. They seem to be the best suited. It seems just so much more logical than maybe using a tiny bomb that can float through space, but whatever. Well, she is the telepathic equivalent of a, of, of a, what, what did they say? Nuclear yeah, a, uh, nuclear device. weapon. Remember the, um, Vorlons also have the planet killer weapon. But it's not clear as to whether she would also be destroyed in this. I, it's that's not what clear I at in. all, is it? Yeah. No. And what are the medium weapons and the small ones? Uh, um, the small ones I would consider um, P1 to 5s on the equivalent, and the medium ones are basically the P, you know, P10s and P12s and their equivalents. Mm-hmm. And then she's the huge one. Can they, like, put her in a plane and drop her onto a planet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was also wondering, what would she do? Like, what would she be able to do? Like, you know, compatible, uh, comparable. I would think, you know, if, um, if Sheridan Adden had done what he did on um, Zahadoom, she could have done the equivalent of the equivalent of basically doing exactly what Sheridan did, of wiping out um, that, you know, everyone on Zahadoom. But doing it telepathically. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. See, I, I, that wasn't clear about the telepath. I mean, you would assume since she is telepathic, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, we just don't know, do we? She was never used for that purpose. So she gets to decide her own purpose now. Sheridan somehow is, um, and that also, I mean, uh, Sheridan is, um, what's it called again? Well, he, she can't do anything against him, so he seems to be, Somehow, um, yeah, he can prevent this weapon, right? He can, for some well, reason, he's able to prevent her. No, because ah. he couldn't, he couldn't stop what she was doing to everyone else. He just was immune to it being done to him. So he's immune against the radioactive, radioactive <laughs> leader. 
I have no idea. Um, maybe we <laughs> I should guess we'll never find out. <laughs> um, yeah. What, like, everybody says sneeze too hard, Lita. <laughs> yeah, don't be uh. <laughs> Don't trip. Be very careful. Don't have a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she only recently understood, is that, uh, does she mean when, when, when she was sleeping with Byron, or because of Byron and his plan. After Byron, I think, it, you know, it was kind of her anger and disappointment of what happened with Byron has triggered this. Kind of, she she's actively exploring her powers, whereas before that she didn't want to explore them too much. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the last scene, Sheridan Delenn talking about her pregnancy and how they haven't heard from Londo. Sheridan thinks he's celebrating, but Londo's actually still sitting in that chair. Not sure if he's moved at all. <laughs> it was, is this the same yeah. footage from last week? Yeah. It very well be. He looks unhappy. You knew they were going to cut to him, too, when they were talking about Yeah. He's sure he's happy. Yeah, that's really sad. You have to get him yeah. in so many episodes this <laughs> this season, so let's put in one last scene. The actress who was the uh, Earth Court officer, her name is Monique Edwards. I looked up her IMDb. To me, it just sounded like either she or somebody she knows wrote her profile. <laughs> it says, Monique Edwards is an actor, singer, director, and humanitarian who has steadily built a solid reputation in television, film, stage, and commercials. I don't know who mm. writes IMDb profiles. I think you can write, you know, I think you can put your own stuff in. I think you have to subscribe or something, and then you can add, like, some of your uh, work experience on there and things like that. Yeah. Oh, somebody's car alarm just went off. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> so, Wheel of Fire has spokes proceeding out from a central flame. The center bursts outward. And several of the fires smoldering lately have done that. With Byron, it was a literal flame that has now gone out along the spokes and has substantial repercussions with more to come years down the road. A literal flame? He set himself on fire. Yeah, he did. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is he running around on fire right now? (laughs) He still is. (laughs) He's still screaming. (laughs) Let's watch that episode. Um, episode Oh, God. Um, uh, so yeah, Wheel of Fire comes from King Lear. Who's it that quotes King Lear? It seems like I've been hearing a lot of King Lear. Maybe it's, it's Westworld, right? Is that where? You said the wheel, the, the name of the episode is from King Lear? Yeah, I'm bound up on a wheel of fire that mine own tears do scald like molten lead. Thank you. You see, a, um, IMDb definitely gets written by, by all kinds of people because I'm reading it's apparently from Lord of the Rings. Where Frodo tells Sam there is no whale between me and the Wheel of Fire. So apparently. But I mean, the Wheel of Fire video, you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> I say that randomly, right? <laughs> I've been in the middle of King Lear for like two years now. Sitting <laughs> next to my bed. <laughs> I say that line they keep saying on Westworld, these violent delights have violent endings or something like that. I want to say that comes from King Lear. Uh, I've been saving Westworld until it was finished, so I'm going to be watching it soon. Uh, me too. Not that um, I, not the spoiler or anything. <laughs> so they, I guess they asked him, doesn't share to remember what he saw and heard about in his flash forward and war without end. And JMS says, you know, this discussion kind of baffles me to some extent. For starters, Sheridan was only in the future briefly. He was being beaten and was confused and not sure how much of it was real. 
He doesn't know if his going to Zaha Doom changed any of that future. The events he did see were 20 years down the road, and there's no way for him to know what connects to what. He only sees destruction, and that could have happened two weeks before. There's no rule that says a capital city can be bombed only once. No way to know if the Keeper may have been implanted days or months before. To try to impose a quick understanding of events 20 years down the road on things happening right now without knowing the context would be madness. You don't need a Keeper to start a war or half our own leaders here would have had Keepers on them. Agreed on all of that. Oh, sorry. I'll go ahead. No, I was going to say I completely agree with him, but at the same time, if I saw my own future... I would be thinking about it constantly. I would too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even Barry Allen does. When yeah. In, in this last episode. It's, so, yeah, even in fiction, people can't get away from obsessing about the future if they see it. Apart from right here in Babylon. Right. Apparently it's nothing. Well, it could also be that he doesn't believe in, like, just because I know a certain future is going to happen that way. Maybe he just doesn't give a, uh, and so, right? Maybe yeah, he just says, well, uh, you know, it's one potential future, but that doesn't mean that I Especially doesn't live. believe it either. Because doesn't remember she? in the future, she said, yeah, I didn't believe you when you told me. And if you've got right. the person you love next to you saying, yeah, forget about that, dear. Be stupid. Yeah, absolutely. He could tell himself that it's not the, his true future, yeah, yeah. you know. Even though everything time travel-wise that they've done so far in this show has shown that you can't really get out of it. But. <laughs> mm. And Len also saw a flash of her own future, which came true pretty quickly. What did she see again? Delenn re- saw herself dropping... Um, the snow globe oh. and hearing um Anna Sheridan at the door. And she expected... That's more of like a deja vu. Maybe, yeah. But it didn't happen yet. That and and clearly, um, Sheridan hasn't talked to Garibaldi about the flashes of the past and future he had. Yeah. And Jan is going to say, yeah, for the way. Oh, you're... Ooh, breaking yeah. up there. Oh, dear. Microphone problems? Are you still there? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, he went on to say about Delenn, like, yes, he heard her talk about their son, but he doesn't know, you know, that's 20 years later, he doesn't know how old the son was at the time. So his preg- her pregnancy would be a shock. Um, and yeah, and people are assuming that Sheridan knows everything that the audience knows and what context is in. So his memory's not faulty. Do you have any quotes? Oh. Uh, somebody else go first. What? I only have. Any uh, I just have the one where Delon comes in and says, Busters. Oh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then Frank goes like. But I can't hear you. I heard you. Well. I got back on the call. Oh no. Oh yeah, but we do have quotes. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, I, I, I kind of do. Mine's a kind of quote. Okay. It's a kind of quote. Okay. Yeah, quote? it's a non-verbal quote. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you back, Will? Can you hear? I'm back. I can hear you now. Okay. We we waited for quotes with uh, for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just have the one where basically Delenn comes in and says, bastards, and then basically Franklin says, did she just, and then Sharon is 
she did. I get the gun. I just <laughs> like that. It was funny. I liked it. Yeah, I've got a quote. I'm just going to move my mic so you can actually hear it. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was a non-verbal quote. Yeah. I was like, what's he, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> you got it to my head, damn it. Um, <laughs> I had one from... Reason. That was fun. <laughs> Go ahead. I, uh, I have a short one from Franklin, which I'm, I'm not actually sure is true, but people love giving power to those they believe don't want it. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who is our human of the week this week? I want to give it to Lita. But yeah. I, uh, or, uh, Lockley. Yeah. Yeah, Lita or Lockley and Lockley's. Um, not in it enough as she should, so probably likely she get it. But she said the inappropriate thing that she should have not. So I didn't like Lockley in this episode, so I'm going with Lita. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy for Lita. <laughs> so who's our alien of the week? You saw uh, five seconds. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Londo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the I'm gonna go with random Mbaris amongst the Narn faithful, <laughs> <laughs> just to be slightly different. Or oh, the the alien that had the three fingers knocking. <laughs> <laughs> so how about ratings, Anga? I I really liked the episode, although I kind of messed up because I watched another episode and then kind of mixed them up together. Um, anyways, um, I, I actually really liked the episode. I I like that you know Lita becomes uh, you know a little bit more. She she gets a little bit more background. She gets a little bit more uh, of a role. Um, she was always this nice person that helped them out and there was nothing really after that and then she was gone again and then she came back and helped them out again and then she slept with Byron that was it um, and she was kind of there was never really like a depth to her, her and now she has this now she's like the bad guy and I really like that and I really like that she how she turned over the course of the past few episodes because that could have been I think that could have been the better story um, I kind of like that they tie up loose ends that you know they bring i guess also the story delan and sheridan a little bit further um although that is not a big thing and we knew about that but um yeah i i kind of like this as a as one of the last episodes and i would not give it a high point but at least um for the lita story and the uh, garibaldi story a little bit more um i would say i give it uh, Eight out of uh, ten clapping hands. Okay, how about you, Beth? I liked it. Um, I liked the lead. Well, okay, I liked all the Lita stuff. Mm-hmm. I was okay with the Garibaldi stuff for the most part. Um, I don't know how we'll hold up on rewatch, but uh, yeah, so I was okay with it. Um, I'm glad we're kind of ending the Garibaldi drinking thing, hopefully. But, and I'm, and more intrigued about what's happening next with Garibaldi and Lita. So, um, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't care about the, uh, the pregnancy, but whatever. It's interesting, I guess. Um, so I'm going to give it seven and a half. Um, 
Humbari babies. I don't know if that's what it's called. Humbari? <laughs> yeah. It's better than Mimmin. <laughs> How about you, Ian? Um, well, it's a problem coming up from um, stronger episodes of this one. It's not weak, but it's awkwardly placed because okay. it's a lot stronger than episodes early in the season. Weaker than what's gone before, and I think weaker against some of what's to come. So it's difficult to rate it, but I do enjoy the latest stuff in this, and it's nice to see the Garibaldi storyline being wrapped up. And it is, this is the beginning of the end, really, where everything is being wrapped up, finally. So I'm going to have to go... Seven out of ten thermonuclear tapes. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I liked it, but yeah, the Garibaldi storyline wasn't interesting. Lita was great. Glad no more, uh, Garibaldi drinking on the show. No more alcoholic Garibaldi storyline. Uh, the Jakar stuff was okay. I'm kind of glad that, uh, the, yeah, the whole religious follower thing, I think that, well, maybe over. Um, so yeah, I talked about the scenes that I didn't like. It, for all the season title episodes, this one is definitely the one I don't, I like the least. Um, so I'll give it seven out of ten emperors still sitting on their throne. Hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh, we really can't give it a full rating until Heidi gives hers. Alright, so let's just take our doomsday teep to feed back and blow up the place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. the last episode. I'm just gonna like paste these in the chat probably since I didn't gather them all together. Um, I'll redo the first one. The first one is a comment from Board99. Uh, Board says, okay, so if Londo's my favorite character, Jakar is the second, and not by much. Jakar is, at first appearance, a much less, much less tragic character than Londo, but Jakar, like Londo, is ultimately a failure, as Wheel of Fire shows. He is not a personal failure. Jakar transcends the vindictive person that he is at the start of the series and becomes a genuine saint, not one like Veer, who seems pretty much to have been born that way, but one who had to overcome his own self. But as a religious and political leader, he's a failure because while he can inspire his people, he can't seem to teach them what he has learned. They remain trapped in the same prison of hatred of the Centauri that Jakar has escaped. This leaves Jakar himself, a character who is literally imprisoned on three separate occasions in the course of the story. Finally, metamorphically imprisoned in the role that he has inadvertently created for himself as the person everyone respects and is, and in fact worships, but no one really listens to. Given that we n know that the Drak have deliberately made the Centauri into what the Narn once were, a broken and resentful people, and have used the Narn alongside the Drazi and Brakiri, and to a lesser extent the entire interstellar alliance, as their instruments in doing so, uh, this suggests an ominous future for the narrative, and Jakar himself has said that he thinks that his people will never forgive the Centauri. There is no prospect of the Narn displaying the kind of generosity and mercy in the future that might enable Narn and Sitari to achieve the kind of 
Rapprochement. I think that's how you say that word. Mm -hmm. uh, and mutual forgiveness that the marriage of Sheridan and Lynn suggests that the human and Tari achieve. Membari, I think he meant right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Centauri, but yeah. Um, so why does Jakar fail like this? The narrative doesn't offer clear signals, leaving it for the viewer to decide. For me, a critical point is that while Jakar rejects his earlier self's anger towards the Centauri, he never has a moment like Londo's in the long night of London Malari. He never apologizes or acknowledges his earlier self's culpability in the origins of the Narn Centauri War. Without modeling that, he can't lead his fellow Norns to accept the difficult truth, while nothing could possibly justify what the Centauri did to them. That doesn't erase the fact that what they were doing to the Centauri beforehand was wrong in and of itself. It's appropriate for me that an episode that brings out the tragedy of Jakar's story should end with the same image of Londo that the previous one used to cap the tragedy of his. Thanks, Vord. Some great thoughts, as always. Thank you, Vord. I like the idea of, you know, Jakar being a prophet whose works and teachings are misunderstood in his, even as, in his own time as he's there to correct, you know, yeah. it's like you can't, once your thoughts are out there, you can't help what people do with them, you know, and, and your intention may be one thing, but how they interpret and act on what you say could be completely different. Next, we have email from Lori and Carl. Uh, Do we have a link? No, not this week. I want to paste it in the chat. And <laughs> how do you copy? Do Do you just get a new Mac? Uh, well, I've been using this Mac Mini for a while, but I still I'm using a Mac with a Windows keyboard. I guess it's the same. Nope, it's all it's Windows D. Nope, but I did get a. I don't know what. I didn't get a new Mac, but it's our... There we go. Okay, I can read it. It's very thin along the side of my... Okay. Um, okay. Uh, belated feedback and ratings for the fall of the Centauri Prime, of Centauri Prime. I will be curious to see what the ambassadors thought of this episode. Um, yeah, you may be waiting on Heidi's, but uh, you can figure out what I thought. Carl did not like it at all. He felt it was way too melodramatic with too much exposition. The best scene was at the end, when Londo was encouraging Veer and the others to leave Centauri Prime. As Peter Jurisdick was brilliant as always, conveying that he wanted them to leave for their own good, while not saying it outright. I am sure that I enjoyed this one at the time of original airing, but I do agree with Carl that it was over-melodramatic. A bit too much tell rather than show. The parting scene of Londo and Jakar showed how far their story arcs have come, but Carl felt like it was also a bit overdone and could have been written better. And now for an additional random commentary. The White Star looked much worse off than it did in the last episode. Carl's headcanon is that it must self-repair, <laughs> since it is, is it, is, it is organic. Hey, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, I they actually state that in uh, season three sometime. There we go. It does self-repair because it's partially fallen. Londo's first instinct was to save Jakar. He has come a long way. We liked seeing Morden again in the flashback, as did we, as did I at least. Mm -hmm. Londo's quote, what do you want? Carl thinks the White Stars would be too much for the Centauri ships. 
So, did the ambassadors think that Londo had a choice? Could he have refused? Carl feels like he should have tried to. That's an interesting question. You know, because Londo hasn't really seen the future. So, it's not like he necessarily feels like it's inevitable. I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. Well, there's actually debate in fandom whether doing this is what fulfills one of Lady Morello's prophecy or whether it's... um succumbing to being killed by uh, Jakar is uh, debate uh, fandom tends to come down one side or the other on that. Well, I think I mentioned what side I'm on, which is the whole Jakar thing since he dreamed about it, but yeah. yeah. But some people think giving in to his greatest fear is actually to lose control and therefore to take on the um, keeper. And then, as you said, some people think, yeah, his greatest fear is actually, you know, letting his dream prophecy come true. Yeah, I don't know. We've seen Londo out of control before, so. Hmm. Um, so did the ambassador... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Delenn is the eternal optimist and Lanier is a pessimist. It's, I'm sure he thinks of himself as a realist, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> His commentary in the ship is annoying. Delenn is very cool with the I know, though she should have just stopped and left it at that. Agreed. Lori's rating, 7 out of 10, Bomb Cities, Human Sheridan, not a lot of choices, Alien Londo. Carl's rating, negative 3, bracket 14 oh. for the season. Uh, melodramatic writings... Human, oh, sorry, negative three melodramatic writings. Human, what humans? Actor, Peter Jurisic, camera work, last shot of Londo alone in the courtyard. Uh, feedback and commentary for Will of Fire. Carl still thinks Lita is a terrorist and was not satisfied until Sheridan held a gun to her head. When Delenn had the emotional cursing outburst and faints, did everyone think she was pregnant? I am betting the ambassadors are excited. <laughs> and someone gets points for a correct prediction. Would you all let Lita mess around with your mind? Carl says he would not. Yeah, Carl thinks he's a terrorist, though. Well, she kind of is, but I guess terrorism is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. Um, Lita is very scary. Do you all think we will see her and Jakar out among the stars? Guess if anyone can handle her, it would have to be Jakar. Lori's rating, 7.5 out of 10 false idols. Human Sheridan, alien Jakar. Sheridan? Sorry, Lori, what? Anyway, okay. Carl's ratings 1, bracket 15, Mad Gods and Drunk Men. Carl did like this one more, and particularly Sheridan, who is now his favorite character. Oh, controversial. Ah, okay. Set prison cell. What, did we watch the same episode? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because come to human and oh. yeah, because she was in the <laughs> yeah she was Sheridan in the like this episode put Sheridan over the top for Carl <laughs> as his favorite character. What happened? <laughs> uh, he doesn't like Lita, so because we kind of like Lita, we gave her uh, human of the episode a lot. Yeah, and um. And that's largely me, to be honest, you know. No, I think all of us. I mean, Heidi and I have completely 180 down Lita, so. Yeah, yeah, you have. 
I, I just uh. had the memory of me early on kind of championing uh, that because I knew what was coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. We definitely had to get there on our own for sure. Um, set, prison cell, human, drumroll crew. Plot, we are going to have a baby. <laughs> Wooing relationship, Garibaldi and Lise are cute. I mean, if you say so, Carl. <laughs> Badass moment, Sheridan pulling the gun. Maybe that's why, because he doesn't like Lita so much that Sheridan pulling the gun on her was like, that's it. Mm. Comedic moment, when Garibaldi mixed up Centauri and Minbari. So relatable. Carl does that all the time. Actor, Bruce, Bruce Boxleitner. What would Sinclair do? Been disappointed, but fired Garibaldi. Oh. Thanks, guys. Lori and Carl. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um... Next is from Derek. His email is titled Lions and Tigers and Wheels of Fire. Oh my. <laughs> oh, nice title. Can't copy the whole thing. Nope. There it is. Okay. Alright then. <laughs> it looks so much longer when you um, paste it into chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. My dearest ambassadors, I must deeply apologize for my lack of correspondence with you. I have absolutely no excuse, other than the first part of season five is my least favorite of our D show. <laughs> Excuses. <laughs> as much as I love B5, I couldn't wait for Byron to explode. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's an odd, odd Sheridan, uh, odd, odd sentence. <sighs> President Sheridan to get out of his moody, self-introspective funk, and for Londo to do absolutely nothing. While little clavicle-sucking lizards took over his homeworld, and especially tried to forget what he looks like when two telepaths, <laughs> what he looks like when two telepaths make them. Shudder. Yeah. <laughs> now at least Sheridan is back to his ass-kicking self again. For how long? I don't know. Byron is spread out over a billion molecules in the universe, and Jesus Jakar is attending Zen. But that's no good excuse for my delay, and hopefully you will enjoy my comics below. Observations since I last saw Babylon 5. 1. Sheridan has the shiniest hair in the galaxy. When he comes, <laughs> when he comes it back, he can see the reflection all the way to Venus. Oh my god! Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, like, this hairstyle is so nah. I don't know. <laughs> I never noticed. Oh. <laughs> well, he can now uh, wear it longer because he's not in the military anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, two, Jakar is getting so unpopular, his followers, sorry, getting so popular, his followers should make a movie about him called Converted in Awesome, the Jakar Story, Jesus Merges, Martin Luther King Jr., the Dalai Lama, or just a simple nun who wrote a good book. (laughs) Three, the great, late, sorry, the late great Jerry Doyle, but he's already a bad actor when it comes to being drunk. He just turns into serious Garibaldi, which is no fun at all. 
I kind of agree. He's not the best at playing drunk. What a surprising coincidence that Captain Lockley is also an alcoholic. When she's in a drunken haze when she married... Was she in a drunken haze when she married Sheridan? Ah. Maybe she tried to block the period out of her life, just as all of us try to do when we think about that particular marriage. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Five. I almost believed that after Lita started. So wait, wait, wait. So sure, it was like her rock bottom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> but you remember, Mimbari cannot drink. <laughs> Just mm. for that. Well, unless you want to see uh, Delane go into a homicide rage. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I always said I always said I wanted to see him and Barry drunk once, but yeah, yeah, that was something we missed out on. Five. I almost believe that after Lita started mind controlling everyone and tapping their fingers simultaneously, they would break into a song and dance, just like in West Side Story. <laughs> Captain, it's my M. The Jets and the Sharks are dancing around. There might be a musically choreographed fight if we don't do something. Oh, missed opportunity, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Six. Sorry, but Lita should have been treated better. She helped win a galactic war, and all she got for her trouble was a smaller room on the station, and what I can only assume was forced torture by introducing Byron to her. Having to deal with Byron should be outlawed by the Geneva Convention. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Byron. Seven. I wonder if JMS was trying to see if anyone was paying attention when they started talking about being touched by Vorlon. I can only imagine that the Vorlon being put on trial and given 20 to 30 year sentences in prison after hundreds of people start testifying that they too were touched by a wall on in inappropriate places. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh. Eight. How can it be a surprise for Delen to find out she's pregnant when you've already seen the future and now you have a child? And uh, we've discussed that six. I don't, well, we don't know. know if it was a surprise for her, right? Oh, yeah, that's a very good point. I don't know what choice is worse. Someone bringing your ex-wife to the station just to show you how bad your life is when you drink, being touched by a volon or having to meet Byron. Byron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but remember, that wife is Lise. What? <laughs> Okay, so she's worse than Byron. Well, well, no, she's not. It's just the actor's worse. Well, no, really? she's not worse than Byron. It's just she's not that great. The actor's not that great. Yeah, yeah. so it's, Byron is worse. But second would be the actor playing Lee, but not necessarily Lee, because yeah, I don't buy Lee's affection to Garibaldi at all. It doesn't look genuine. Mm. Uh, finally, favourite human of the week? Nobody. They were all particularly whiny this week. Huh. Favourite alien of the week? Jesus Jakar. He's just awesome. He has been ever since season two. 
Farewell, Jakar, you do serve a much bigger send-off. Overall, I give this episode 5.5 out of 10 unsurprising, surprising pregnancies. If that's taken, (laughs) 5.5 out of 10 inappropriate touches by Vorlon. Farewell, dear ambassadors. Derek. Farewell. Farewell, dear. Thank you, Derek. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Derek. Well, you've sent me back now. I expect some more by the end. (laughs) He said farewell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think we're hearing from Derek. He's off. He's off beyond the rim somewhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Trying to yeah. avoid the Vorlons, I guess. <laughs> right. uh, and I said, oh. No, go okay. ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say the final email is from Melanie. Melanie says, hi down below. In this episode, Jakar returns to Babylon 5 after miraculously surviving the attack on Centauri Prime. And he has even more followers. And they're made, and they've made small models of him. Jakar isn't pleased, but I want one. He decides to go away and take Lita with him. Lita really starts showing everyone what he, what she can do. <laughs> I love the part where Lockley attempts to arrest her. Garibaldi is preparing to leave. At least he mentions that everyone seems to be leaving. And we finally get some plotting against Bester. Human of the week tied between Lockley and Garibaldi. Alien Jakar. Rating 9. Bonus for the confrontation between Lockley and Garibaldi, 0.5. Final rating, 9.5. Preparations to leave. Quotes. Lita, you cannot harm me. You cannot someone who's been touched by Vorlon. Sheridan, you're not the only one that's been touched by Vorlon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so much touching. Um mm-hmm. Jakar, this is how I've come to be seen by my people. Despite my best efforts, I've become an icon. I didn't understand why or how until I saw this. I realized it's simpler to make a statue to someone who you believe embodies all your better qualities than it is to actually improve yourself. Garibaldi, and this saves you from having to think. Jakar, exactly. For the last year, I've tried to point my people toward the simple truth that we are one, regardless of race. Somehow that message has gotten twisted so that I've become their idea of a truth of the truth personified. Once you turn into this, you can no longer be who you are. You can only be what they want you to be, what they expect you to be. And Lita, I'll check back with you after two years. If you've done what I ask, if you've created a force I can use against the core, I'll take out that neural block. Then you can deal with Bester. I'll deal with the core. We both get what we want. Best regards, Melanie, the Krakovian beer fan. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you. Thanks for feedback, everybody. Um, do you want to do predictions? <laughs> <laughs> I guess before we do, or b- before you do <laughs> predictions, um, I also, I mean, I had lots of excuses for not getting back and with feedback. And so what I started last week is I basically started feedback for all the episodes oh. <laughs> that happened so far. However, I'll, I'll send it in next week, I guess. Okay. Um, okay. It's going to be like cool. one, two sentences for each episode and just wanted to, um, get back on the track, awesome. um, before the very last one. Cool. Oh, cool. Thank you. Uh, Look at it next week. Yeah. <laughs> but I had so many excuses, so even more than Derek. <laughs> Derek only had one. And it's not Byron, in my case. <laughs> 
So the next episode, which we'll be getting to after the holidays, is Objects in Motion. Okay. <laughs> um, are they on fire? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're <laughs> spreading out to the from the center. Well, the technically, they're in space as well. Yeah, well, they can't really be on fire, I guess. I don't know how that works. Uh, but, Lack of oxygen uh, uh, and all that. Um, Okie dokie. <sighs> what was the title again? <laughs> Objects in Motion. Objects in Motion. Okay. Objects in Space was the name of a Firefly episode, wasn't it? Yes, it anyway. was. Uh, that's okay. the best one. Um, Objects in Motion. So uh, is it like a, you know, sort of a, a physics type of thing, you know? It's sort of, it's inevitable. It's, you know, unless it gets stopped, it's going to get to its, you know, it's going to keep going. Um, so we have this whole Lita Garibaldi thing that's happening in the size. I mean, I feel like that's got to come to a head. And we have to, it's going to, something might come up with her nuclear, whatever, her weapon, her telepathic weapon. Uh, but I don't think it's going to get used. Um, I feel like things have to come to a head with Bester somehow. Maybe they track the size down. Um, I don't know. Um Let's see. Um, mm, I don't know what else is happening. That's the only thing I can really think about. I don't know what's going on with Londo. Like, whether we're really going to have much to do with him um, the rest of the season or or what exactly. Um, I feel like he's got to do something. Excuse me. Um, something where he sort of positions the Centauri. No, I mean, he's already kind of brought them sort of apart, so maybe we don't do anything really there. Um, I don't know. I really don't have much, but I feel like we have to finish this whole scythe thing. So you can't, you know, check off telepathic nuclear bomb type of thing. So we have to, we have to resolve that. It's not a lot of other open, you know, things. So yeah. uh, we are drawing towards the end here. Yeah, that's all. all. Right. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna thank you for joining. Thanks, Anka. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks. Fun to oh, be the last one before the holidays. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And when I'm back to Germany, I may actually, um, maybe guest on some German podcast. There's a group of people that actually are rewatching Babylon Five there, and I said, oh. yeah, I'm just way too far away to actually continuously join you guys. And <laughs> they learned that I'm going back to Germany, so they said, oh yeah, you're back. So maybe they need well, a woman they, on the team. That would <laughs> be great. Yeah. Oh, Anka, I remember so when you first joined the group and you had never done anything with podcasts before. <laughs> yeah. You were nervous to guest on the episode. <laughs> you I remember. remember this. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then basically you kind of hear about it more. And, um, yeah, the, those two, um, people that are doing this, actually, one of them is a radio host. So I was even more nervous. But anyways, yeah, I think it's, um, it's maybe going to be a fun thing to do. Um, it's, it, I think it's so great the amount of Babylon 5 podcasts that are out there at the moment. Yeah, and no German one yet. Um, so no, but nearly. It's going to be soon, and you'll be involved. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I, I said no German one. They are already on air, so they're already f um, doing the first season. So the nice thing is I'm missing the first season. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have all this nostalgia season. for for Sinclair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, when you get through, start going through the Byron art, you start feeling almost nostalgic for some of the season one episodes. Almost <laughs> nostalgic for uh, infection, even. Remember, remember, <laughs> remember, remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh. When, and I just recently thought about, I, we haven't done in a while where we basically morphed a couple things or so, so human, what, what did you say earlier? <laughs> Yumbari? Oh, <laughs> uh, Yumbari. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't do any um, any cool um, Photoshop things anymore. But I, but I also have to go back and listen to all your podcasts, and maybe I come up with something. Maybe mm. there was something that came up like that. Cool. And then we need to post the, uh, I think, the outtakes. I always love the outtakes. I love outtakes for every show because it shows how, you know, what's behind the scenes and yeah. how they mm. sometimes like each other and, and so on. It's just, it's just so much fun to see. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. You guys okay. enjoy your holidays, and then I'm looking forward to writing my. I have the whole holidays to write my feedback. Yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do like a little bit every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who's gonna read that then? <laughs> I will tag team. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. It's always been nice having you on, Anka. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe some other. Podcast in the future. <laughs> Come up with something down the line yeah. somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I would look forward to that. Um, then joining from Germany a couple hours uh, ahead, but it's gonna, that's gonna be not, no problem. Ian, you're doing this as well, right? So, <laughs> um, what, what was that? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, your um, time change. Your other time, time difference. Yes. Um, yeah. It, yeah. it's just always been the case for me, though, you know, recording late at night. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, you look on your move. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's mm -hmm. going to be fun. Looking forward to the new adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back in the new year with Objects in Motion. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Be seeing you. Happy holidays. Hi. Stroke off. Remember Byron. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. Stroke off. Remember Byron. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I should have reversed the order there. <laughs> <laughs>